Hello and welcome to the It's Not Easy podcast, a podcast hosted by the Young Faith Matters team from the Llandaff Diocese of the Church in Wales. My name is Amelia Stevenson and I'm here with my co-host Simon Evans. Together we both work as youth engagement workers for the Church in Wales and this podcast is just an opportunity to have open and real conversations about the challenges of youth discipleship. We're going to be chatting each week with a new guest about their experiences discipling young people and hearing what they've learned through the difficult and joyful moments of leading young people. Um, So we hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the It's Not Easy podcast where we look and we have honest and real conversations about the challenges of youth discipleship. Um, We're a couple of episodes in now, so if you've been listening along, welcome back. Uh, If it's your first time listening, welcome. Uh, Hopefully you will enjoy. Today I'm here with my lovely co-host, Amelia. Hello, everybody. And I'm here with my good friend, Johnny. Hello. Johnny, that's a very nice... (laughs) That was a very nice hello. Um, Your accent doesn't sound to me like you're from Wales. Um, can you give us a little bit of a, an insight of where you're from? Uh, what's your name and where do you come from in the name of in the Silla Black? Oh, I'm Johnny, as you've alluded to. And <laughs> also, I'm not Welsh, as you've alluded to. I am from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm a youth pastor at a church called St Mungo's uh, in Bogorno, just outside of Edinburgh. And yeah, I went to Bible College Versailles, so that's where the random link between a Scotsman and I don't know if I can call you a Welshman, but you know, like, I would, I would like you to. Yeah. Okay, well, a Scotsman and a Welshman <laughs> has been formed and in blood. Yeah, in, in blood. blood. Um, but yeah, so that's me. Yeah, I'm a youth pastor. I've been at St Mungo's for nine months. Previously at an Elm Church for three years in Erskine, mm. doing youth work. So. Yeah, we got to know each other, didn't we? At uh, Elam at Regent's we Bible did. College. We had a good few years, learnt a lot, yeah. got to know each other very well. Um, challenges of youth discipleship would be the idea of this podcast. Um, how, as your experience from youth, youth pastor, youth worker, mm-hmm. um, how would you define sort of discipleship or what, because discipleship can look mm-hmm. different. Obviously we look at it from the Bible point of view where he talks about discipleship, but how, what do you define? How would you define yeah. discipleship for you? Yeah, discipleship is a very interesting one. I think especially, as you alluded to a bit there, but it's actually not a word in the Bible. You know, in the original Greek or Hebrew, you mm. never see the word discipleship, you know, uh, in there. But for me, it's about two things. One, I think the key thing is to become a disciple of Jesus, you need to be becoming more like him. So that's where discipleship first comes into it. Mm. But I think there is another avenue, and that's about learning and following from a teacher. And so I think we see that in the bible a lot you know you look at the way the disciples were with jesus but even if you go backwards i think elijah and elisha is a very great example of mm. discipleship and then moving forward paul and timothy is probably the most obvious one you know it's full of examples of a young person learning from a teacher and i think that for me is what discipleship is is how can we help people learn more about jesus become more about jesus by passing on our experience to them mm. Yeah, that's good. I guess coming from a uni background as well, you probably have more of an understanding of like the theory of discipleship, or some people call it spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that then also, how does the theory of it, like, 
you just mentioned compared to the actual practice of coming alongside a young person and discipling them or helping them on their formation journey? Yeah, it's a really interesting one because I think the topic of discipleship is something that every Christian leader, or every Christian would agree is an important one, but actually mm. what we see in church tends to not practice that. Mm. You know, we it's very much reliant on the teacher being the pastor who's out the front preaching a word and that's the teaching level we get. We maybe do the odd course with people, but actually general practice mm. isn't there for the whole church, but even more so with youth ministry. And, you know, something that we've tried to change, you know, it's something that I really developed a lot while I was in placement in Erskine. We launched a discipleship initiative that would see someone come alongside um, a young person and just try and answer their questions, guide them through things. Because I think we're not supermen and women. You know, I think too often youth pastors, pastors, anyone who's taken charge of the flock are seen as supermen and women. They need to do it all. But actually, we need people around us to help. And that's where we're all called to discipleship, I think, is a key thing. You know, as a church, it's not just the person employed to do it. So, mm. Yeah, I was uh, I was reading a, reading a book the other day. Um, I swear I say this most podcasts. It sounds <laughs> like I just all I do is read books. Um, I promise I do some work. Uh, yeah, so we um, it was sort of talking about disciples and how actually it looks completely different really in our churches than it probably would have back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found it really useful because they were sort of saying, we, I think we may have heard this before, but each of us should, you know, we should have a Paul. So if we think about our relationships with Paul in the early churches, like we should all have a Paul that we look mm-hmm. up to and who's our spiritual maybe mentor who's guiding us. Yep. So sort of who's discipling us. And then it's saying like, we all should have a Barnabas. So like the people alongside us, like, you know, we're alongside like working together, growing together, accountable with each other, yeah. sort of do work together as Paul and Barnabas did in, in Acts. And then we all need a Timothy. So like, we, who are we discipling yeah. as well? Absolutely. And I think that was really helpful for me to think, from, okay, from a youth leader perspective, yes, but actually that's something that we should all have yeah. as, as members of the church. So and I found that really useful thinking. Have I got a Paul? Yeah. You know, have I got someone I look up to? Have I got a Barnabas like that we're real with and we do stuff with and we journey together? And yeah, like have I got that people who I'm intentionally going? Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I'd love to pour into them and help. Like you said, lead them and help them look more like Jesus. Um, I think, as you say, say I think that is a thing in the church that isn't there in a lot of congregations. You know mm-hmm. that, as you say, we you know, until I went Erskine, I never had someone that was mentoring me, you know, yeah. and it was someone that on my first week there said, by the way, if you want to have anyone holding you mm-hmm. accountable, I'm happy to, to be that for you. Very rarely do I hear that being asked yeah. in church, you know, I think we're very much a, oh, if you're needing something, you're going to ask someone yourself, but actually, I think we need those people who are willing mm-hmm. to, to be above us as well, holding us accountable, not just paid staff and, mm-hmm. and people like that, but actually general congregants you know we all can disciple people and i think that's Mm. a key thing and then it can get passed down through the generations Mm. do you think it's a like a self-esteem thing from from general congregation you know all of us normal members we don't think we have a lot to offer or we don't think that we have the gifts and the skills to mentor you know someone or Mm -hmm. who am i you know maybe thinking who am i to be a pool to someone i'm just Mm. a normal person whereas actually it's just the experience it's the maturity it's just sometimes just journeying like I know in, that, in my church it's it's quite small so there's 
you know, we have groups with all different ages and you learn so much just from their experiences or seeing what they've been through. And yeah. And I think sometimes it's sort of a, you know, it's a self-worth thing, mm-hmm. I think, as well, mm-hmm. would stop people from... And if it's not normal, like, if it's not mm-hmm. what we do in our mm-hmm. churches to mm-hmm. then say to someone, well, could you do it? They might think, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit weird, because it is sometimes on the youth leaders, isn't it, to do it? Um, and I know previous episode, uh, our friend Kyle uh, mentioned you, Johnny, briefly, and he, he said about the Lighthouse mm-hmm. project, uh, which you started uh, in your youth context. Um yeah, could you just dive into a bit, maybe in a bit of bit of detail mm-hmm. about how, what that was, how that came about, um, mm-hmm. what the Lighthouse Project is, um, just for anyone listening who um, you know may not have heard about it. Um. Yeah, so the Lighthouse Project it came about through discussions, just like we're having today, of the frustrations of where youth ministry is at. Why are young people leaving the church? You know, we were just getting so fed up seeing young people leave at sixteen to seventeen and trying to pinpoint why. You know as Sia alluded to, how many books you read, you know, (laughs) you can read endless (laughs) books, endless theories, but there was no real, this is the answer, you know, this is why they're leaving. But we were like, we need to do something different, something needs to change, and it was actually just someone in the congregation who had been working on something in his spare time, and was like, let me show you this, I don't know if it'll mean anything, and it was this thing which we ended up calling the Lighthouse Project, but what the Lighthouse is, is that there's four sections to the lighthouse. So it starts, it's built on a rock, got to get your foundations mm-hmm. right. But then there's four sections which cover every area of a person's life. So me and my God, me and my family, me and my church, and me and my world. And in each section, what we get people to do is to go through with a young person, but actually, long-term vision for the lighthouse project is it's a whole church, not just, you know, discipling young people, but actually mm-hmm. everyone would be getting it done to them. But, oh, wow. um, but yeah, you would go through each section, you would chat about, so what are you doing well in that? You know, what's your view on, so say the Bible. What's your view on the Bible, talking to a young person? Okay, they say it's boring. Okay, well, let's set a challenge for the next month that, you know, you'll read Acts, you know, mm. Acts an exciting one. Let's start with Acts. Yeah. We'll have a read of that, and then we'll come back and we'll just have a chat about it. But get the young people to set the challenges themselves is the key thing. And then the person's there to hold them accountable, to chat through stuff with them, answer their questions. And actually, what you were saying, Sai, about, you know, we always think, oh, I'm not good enough to do that. Mm. You don't need to know the answers. I think that's been a key thing we've said to our mentors. You don't need to know the answers. You just need to be honest with young people and talk to them about it and say, Mm. actually, let's explore that together, you know. Um, But the way it works is the mentors just come from the church. They're not just the youth team. We originally planned this to be a thing where we would pair up with seven youth team in Erskine. They would all get three or four young people, meet them once a month. And as we went to share it, we just realized that's never going to work. You know, like that's just Mm. impractical um, to do. And God started to guess shape it as a whole church initiative. Mm. So we shared it with the church. Um, Pastor Gavin was superb and instrumental at letting us have the freedom to share that to the church and try and change the culture there mm. but we would see you know 70 year olds coming and mentoring young people they couldn't do the friday night they couldn't go and play football with a young person yeah. all that mm. but they could sit down and have a coffee with a young person talk to them about faith and help and disciple them on that journey so mm. yeah that's kind of what the lightest project is it's a conversation with young people holding them accountable and building relationships and trust you know i think is a key thing I think it's important what you said that like you don't have to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. I think generally taking a very general view, um, 
we kind of, everything we do growing up in school, university jobs, it's always you have to be an expert in whatever you're doing. Like mm -hmm. you, you're always taking steps to become an expert in something, whether you're doing your GCSEs to then do your A-levels, then go to uni to then have a job. You're working to be an expert in something, wherever that is. Mm -hmm. And we trust, generally we trust experts, we trust people with authority. So when we're asking people to step into something, uh, the immediate reaction is often, but I'm not an expert in this, mm -hmm. yeah. or I'm not qualified to do this. Yeah. And actually, you don't need qualifications no. for this. You just need to come alongside someone as a person and just mm. share life experiences. Yeah. Just be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe that's where the apathy, I guess, kind of comes from with discipleship and mm -hmm. young people is that probably we recognize the weight of it, that these are young people's lives that we get to hold in our hands for a small period of time. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we recognize the weight and we recognize the importance of it which can be scary mm -hmm. but actually you yes it's scary but we there's a joy in that as well that you yeah. get to be a part of that with a young person or multiple young people yeah and i don't think they expect you to have all the answers no. often either it's just can i share this mm. with you yeah are you willing to share with me and i can share mm. with you it's like yeah. that how i don't know how to say it rest um I think young people just want to be seen. You know, young, <laughs> yeah. young people want to be seen and they want to be know that people care about them. I think that's, that's, a, that's mm. a key thing. It's not that they need you to know all the answers. It's actually they just want to know that you care about them, you're willing to be honest. And, you know, that's something that we're not good at is being mm. honest. You know, mm. remember, you know, we constantly would get told about speaking from scars, not wounds. And that's completely true. But too often we don't speak about our scars let alone our wounds you know we're yeah. we're not willing to go oh, actually you know they're going to think less of me basically if i share this when actually you know in our discipleship chats with young people the key thing is to go actually i struggle with that at times too mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. share your experience of you know one of the things in the me and my gods about holiness you know we all struggle with sin and mm -hmm. just be willing to say to young people actually this was my past i struggled with that and it was only through however you got through it, you know, mm. but with God that you managed yeah. to change that, you know, I think that's what they need. And just going back to what you were saying, Amelia, as well, one of the things that just was coming to mind is um, there was a guy, Mark Ritchie, who was speaking at Lumberless Festival a few years ago. And just remember this example so clearly where he was saying, you know, you go down to the pub if you're a football fan and you're happy to talk about football, but you don't understand every single rule that's there mm. in the football yeah. handbook. And yet with the bible we so often in our christian faith we go i just know all the answers before i start to talk about it when actually mm. we don't you know yeah. talk about what you do know and then be willing to say actually i'm not sure about that let's mm. let me go away mm. have a look and i'll come back to you and we'll have a chat about that next time you know mm. so yeah i think it's just being willing to say i don't know all the answers but i'm willing to have the chat about it with you is a key thing so mm. that's interesting yeah i was just thinking then do you think it's that that we don't we don't necessarily have the the trust in the Bible, you know, that if we don't have all the knowledge, we're going to get caught out. That they're going to ask us a question that's, mm. you know, going to make our faith tumble down or <laughs> that we're going to really, you know, I, I, I don't know what would stop us from, because actually, like you said, even with people that aren't Christians and we have conversations, actually to say, I don't know all the answers. Mm. You know, I don't understand everything because if I did, I'd be God, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. but I think we, I think if we, if we don't have that foundation of trust in the word, the Bible, mm -hmm. that it, mm -hmm. it, is the word of god it is truth 
that we, I think if we don't have the knowledge, we're worried that someday someone's, a kid's going to say something, you know, what about this topic or I found yeah. this yeah. and we won't have the a- answer. So then they won't come, you know, they won't come to know Jesus as a result. Um, and I was thinking what you were saying, uh, Johnny, about having those mentors in the church. And I was just thinking, actually, it looks a lot more like, yes, New Testament church, everyone's together at all times. Mm-hmm. And actually, if the church is supposed to look like a family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know we talk about family a lot, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look anything like no. a family, church services or, no. you know, it doesn't, it wouldn't happen a lot if I came around, you know, to my parents' house and they, they put the youth in a different, they put me in a different room. Mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. I don't know, they gave, they told me, my mum, this week, you're looking after the, the kids, you know. Yeah. And I sat in there <laughs> with my mum for an hour. You wouldn't do that, would you? No, you'd be absolutely. In, you'd be in the room all together. I'd be learning from my mum, my yeah. granddad, my yeah. brother. Absolutely. And it's way more in, multi-generational. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know that's something that you're passionate about. Yeah. It was the multi-generational um, discipleship yeah. from the, um, the Lighthouse Project. Um, is, was there something that, yeah, was there something that drew you out of that? Where did that, the multi, you know, the multi-generational yeah. leadership sort of come from? Yeah, so I guess going back to what we were saying was the problem, we were looking at 16, 17 year olds leaving the church, trying to work out why they mm. were. And there's a quote from, now forgive me if I've got the guy's name wrong, I think it's Dave Wright, um, who said, basically he looked at a study of young people and his conclusion was that young people aren't leaving the church they were never really there to begin with you know they might be there physically but spiritually mentally emotionally they're not engaged at all Mm. and that's why it's so easy for them to then drift away when the the fun part of youth Mm. ends you know when suddenly they've got the responsibility of role modeling to the 10 11 year olds i don't want to hang about with them Mm. i'll just go have a drink i'll just go out on a friday i'll get hung over on saturday and then you never mm. see them on a Sunday because actually there was no real engagement. They weren't part of the church. They were part of their youth group. They're part of this club that, you know, goes out on a Sunday, has a wee chat about the Bible, but they're not engaged in the life of the church. And I think mm. that was the key thing that we tried to look at. And how do we engage young people in the life of the church? How do we actually bring them? And now you're never going to get it right with every single one. Mm. But what the Lightest Project has done, it's made, you know, so I went to visit Erskine um, yesterday, see some baptisms, which was was great. It was the first time being there in nine months. Mm. And what you just see is young people chatting to adults quite happily. Kids, it was two kids getting baptized yesterday. They're quite happily talking to adults and young people because yeah. actually you've created that family environment. What you're saying, Sai, you don't see families mm. sit and put the kids into another room with someone babysitting them for a few mm. hours. Mm. The part and learning from each other. And I think... We need to get back to that. I think we've tried to get too focused on numbers, too focused on delivering the best programs. Mm. Actually, we've forgotten what the heart of church is and the heart of Christianity is, which is family, you know. And yeah, um, again, this is going to sound silly, but I was reading a book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the Gavin, Different book? Yeah, Gavin, Gavin, Gavin and Anne Calver mm. Unleashed. Have you, have you read it? Brilliant. I'm actually literally reading that just now again. Uh, so. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, really challenged me just about leadership and about yeah. what the church should look like. And he was say, I think it was that, or was it? It was might be Mark Griffith's book actually. Um, shout out to the Church in Wales. <laughs> but they were, yeah, they were talking. He was just talking about. I think it was Gavin Calvert was just saying that um, actually, you know, at home, if you were to put on a film, mm-hmm. it's like if there's kids in the room, you would put on what suits the kids. Yes. So we'd go mm-hmm. to the lowest, lowest level, and you'd put on a Disney yeah. film. Yeah. And okay, the adults might not necessarily, you know, but you you'd enjoy it because you're all doing it together. And yes. Whereas when we go to church, we the kids and the youth are sort of 
a bit part and we put on the adult thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and maybe that's a shift in mindset of churches to say yeah. what is the sunday for yeah it mm. maybe it isn't where the heavy stuff is preached about because you, you want to get kids youth guests involved maybe the midweek or I, d- I don't know how it looks but i was really challenged by that thinking actually yeah and I, maybe it doesn't carry all the way because you think yeah well what happens if you did just have kids stuff every week yeah the adults wouldn't yeah. get fed or um, but yeah, I just think that was really interesting. But I think it's interesting, uh, and it was Gavin Calver because I've read that recently, and um, Gavin Calver's one. You. But um, <laughs> but but what's interesting, I think, is you don't see in the early church, you know, in the stories of the early church, how uh, they went off to their kids' club, you know, while mm. Paul preached his yeah. three-hour, four-hour sermon. Mm. The kids would have been in there, you know, they wouldn't have been separated; they'd have been listening. I think it's a different culture we're in. We're in such a entertainment-driven culture, you know, where people need to be entertained all the time mm. you know consumerist culture in church mm. and so you need to provide great kids programs to keep them engaged no you don't mm. you just need to engage them in the word you know we need to make the bible yeah. the attraction and mm. that's a key thing that i think it's not to say all church is getting that wrong there's yeah. some great stuff going on in the church but i think we need to be moving away from this program driven culture and just back mm. into relationships back into people mm. yeah definitely i think we can often like limit or censor what we think children are capable of mm-hmm. comprehending so true. i was thinking the same yeah absolutely that oh no this is like this story is they won't get that mm-hmm. or let's not use it says this word to describe this in the bible but that might be that's not pg enough mm-hmm. like for children so and obviously there's context and there's being mm-hmm. mindful of situations mm-hmm. that maybe some children are in and you know always safeguarding yep. can't ignore yep. that yep. but yeah, I think we can censor what we think children are able to understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When actually, like you said, all ages, when Paul was preaching, he would have been preaching to all ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. who are we to say how God can speak yeah. to children? Yeah. Like, who so are we good. to mm. un, like change how God would speak to them? Yeah. Like, God can speak to a five-year-old. God can speak to a 50-year-old. He does speak to all of us. Yeah. But how often do we get in the way with our programs? Yeah. And programs are helpful like they offer structure if you feel like again you're not an expert in leading kids mm-hmm. church for example they can be really reassuring mm-hmm. and they can be like a good foundation almost to mm-hmm. build on but are we getting in the way of what god wants to do yeah. with the children that he's brought into the church yeah yeah well and mm-hmm. my wife was giving me an example the other day like you know you go to see a film like toy story there's jokes in there for the adults that they're gonna mm. get it just goes over the heads of kids the kids absolutely love the films but some of the jokes they don't understand then you know you're watching back when you're 15 years old Mm -hmm. and you go oh i missed that one completely (laughs) you know it's not that we need to completely make all our things kid friendly in a sense you know with Mm. our language and everything it's just explaining things you know it's making it so everyone in the room can understand the concepts we're talking about but that should be the same whether it's an adult coming in who's never been to church before you know if we're using all this christianese and everything like that Mm. we need to just make sure everything we're doing everybody can understand Mm. and i think yeah we're too scared that kids need it dumbed down to their level whereas actually no kids and young people for me uh, I've had some amazing conversations with with children. Like I say, I saw two kids get baptized yesterday. Mm. That wasn't through dumbing things down. That Mm. was through actually telling them the truth about God and making it a way, yes, that they can understand, but yeah, keeping the the core, which is the gospel message, you know, in there. Mm. Mm. 
yeah perhaps that's the, that's that's the challenge isn't Absolutely. it Absolutely. how do we get that uh that balance and yeah hoping to see those young people maybe that's why like you were saying johnny maybe that's why the young people are leaving the church because we haven't given them those opportunities mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to learn the actual you know the real things or we haven't given mm-hmm. them those put them in the services or, or we've had those relationships where we get mm-hmm. to the real stuff where because actually yeah people there's no oh, i was thinking there's no baby holy spirit is there no you know it's not Mm. the bible doesn't say you know he gave this holy spirit to the adults and then he says i'll mm-hmm. pour out my spirit on all people yeah kids yeah. <laughs> young people will see you know will prophesy in visions in joel too you know um and it's just maybe yes yeah, it's, it's back in <laughs> it's, it's trusting god that he'll do mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. through so you know mm. through through someone and 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 I was thinking then, Johnny, I know you were at a, a, a smaller church mm-hmm. uh, and you're now at a, a bigger church working as a, mm-hmm. as a youth worker. Um, what is, obviously, youth discipleship then, that would look different probably in those contexts. And as you were speaking, I was thinking, are these things harder because we have bigger churches? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got hundreds, you, somebody might have 100 odd kids, but mm-hmm. someone might have three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the challenge been? you in these new in yeah. your new context obviously you've been there for quite new but you've been there for a while um have you seen differences or um how to implement you know does it look different in different contexts for you yeah undoubtedly i think it does i think so in erskine for instance you were changing a culture but you were changing a culture of 60 people say mm. compared to mungos which has your 500 folk there mm. on a sunday it's a big culture to change and I think it takes time I think no matter what situation you're in whether you've got two young people or 70 young people you just need to be patient you know and need Mm. to trust that you know okay if you get these ideas of you know God you're speaking to me about this I want to launch something discipleship orientated we need to change things speak to your pastor speak to them but just pray about it trust God that it's in his timing you know stuff doesn't need to be done overnight i think i'm very much a person that when he gets an idea wants to run with it but yep. it's been a great learning process for me of going actually we need to just take our time and get it right you know mm. the last thing you want to do is launch something that just fails because you didn't take your time over it and it wasn't in god's timing in our skin we tried to launch it as i said too quickly mm. with thinking it's just a youth team project it was much more than that we weren't fully listening to god and that he'd given us the seeds but to allow it to grow it needed to be in his timing and so yeah i think it's just realizing that there's there's different challenges in whatever context you're in taking your time and trusting god that he'll provide the right whether it's a lighthouse project or some other format he'll provide the right thing at the right time to Mm. change the culture but yeah it takes time to do that Mm. not to talk about stats and outcomes but when you ran the lighthouse project Mm. what was kind of the general outcome of running that like yeah. mentoring I, I think well i think firstly the interesting thing is you can't really see whether it's been fruitful or not until mm. five six years time once yeah. you see this generation come through and you go are they still in church or not and mm. um, certainly one of the guys who i would say is most benefited from the lighthouse project he's about to go off to bible college this mm. year now he pre-lockdown if i'm being honest and if he's listening I've told him this before. I could not have seen him going to Bible yeah. college, you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But one of the key things was he invested in his relationship with his mentor. You know, mm. in lockdown when there was some issues that he was going through, he was like to his dad, "We need to let 
my mentor know before anyone else no. you know even before me as a youth pastor and i had a very close relationship with him we wanted to let his mentor know first and i think it's just building that trust in people building those relationships it takes time to do that yeah. Mm-hmm. um but yeah we're certainly seeing fruit from it even after i've left that's been the one consistent thing that's continued mm-hmm. is they're now meeting once a month in a cafe they hire at a cafe and have all their mentors meeting the young people there oh wow and it's it's great you know so that's been a real fruitful thing for it as i said you see the way the young people and the kids are integrating into the church as well you know they're up involved serving because yeah. they've built those relationships yeah. and they feel comfortable in that family mm. now and i think if i'm being honest we weren't there in erskine before it was very monogenerational focus you know you had the youth club you had the kids club and you had the adult service whereas now it feels like a multi-generational mm. family when you're there so mm. yeah as yeah, I was thinking when you were saying, Johnny, about the kids walking away 16, 17, I was thinking actually it's that sometimes it's that transition from the youth club mm-hmm. to sitting in a service for 45 yeah. minutes yeah. that they haven't been used to and suddenly becomes boring or mm. it's completely different to how if we have just tried to entertain them or uh, like you were saying, Amelia, we t- talk them maybe some kids' stories or it's a five-minute Bible slot or whatever we do. Uh, if we have youth groups, you know, some of us and some churches or maybe some youth listening we won't don't have youth groups and mm-hmm. this won't be a problem <laughs> because they'll be in the church already um but i think sometimes i've seen it before is yeah it's, it's at what age you know what age do they transition into the service mm-hmm. do you say you know yeah you're 15 now you should stay in <laughs> or do we try and do that gradually from a young age and yeah. so they, they used to be in the service yeah. or you have family services i know a lot of churches would do family mm-hmm. services yeah. once a month or um, and obviously someone's there tailored to you know four or five year olds or six because they're the kids that Mm. and they sort of it goes too low and but maybe it's more trying to make that more often or yeah and i guess that's a leadership issue maybe it's more than a than a youth you know maybe you're a volunteer youth lead listen to this and you you might not have as much influence on that but But i think i think we'll have conversations that's how you feel you know so at the moment at mungo's we're having honest conversations about how do we integrate the young people in more because at the moment they've been out every sunday since i started you know apart from holidays they've been out the service every time was what we're trying to work out is how do we get them at least once a month into the service for the full duration how do you make it yeah safe for them to then explore their faith in a way that's not boring that's Mm. not you know don't really want to be here on that sunday i think one of the key things is getting them serving getting them involved you know i think too often we think our young people can't Mm. help with that because they don't understand it you know technology young people understand it more than a lot of the adults you know get them involved get them in these kind of settings you know Mm. and then that's they're engaged they've got a reason to still be coming along for me i left church when i was 16 because my dad had stopped going wasn't really interested in going the reason i came back was my aunt i didn't even go to their church but got me involved in their kids club to help Mm. with doing that once a month on a sunday but Mm. still kept me having a wee link back into church so it's a key thing i think to just get get young people involved in serving is yeah mm. yeah think, and that, that doesn't matter if you've got one young person or yeah, or 50 true. you know so mm. yeah we've seen that in our church just two of the younger ones on on sound and you know yeah. they're better on the on the computer than i ever could be i yeah. don't have a, i'm only 29 but i feel like i'm old <laughs> in, in terms of the tech uh, but yeah they're so they're so switched on aren't they and they, they feel valued then like you said they feel part of mm-hmm. the community because they've got a role they've got a point they're yeah. not and sometimes i think that is people feel, they feel like they're just put to the side I think yeah. we've said on previous podcasts, it's really important that they feel valued and, mm-hmm. and people can see through when they're not. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think by sometimes 
pushing people out or sending them out or you know a quick song and then they go it's sort of it makes them seem like they're not yeah, yeah. they're not part of yeah. it yeah. actually I'm I'm missing something big here yeah and I think maybe mm. I was a young and I can't really remember whether I was thinking that or not as a young person yeah. but you think well and it's trusting I think I've been challenged by this um, I don't know what you think Johnny but I was challenged at the moment just to think actually just to let let the Bible speak for itself. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. as a youth leader, yeah. I think even when I'm preaching on a Sunday to the church, I think I I sometimes try and find something that I can say that's mm. gonna help them understand. Yeah, yeah. Rather yeah. than just trusting that the Holy Spirit is working in them. Yeah. And I just read the Bible. Yeah. And that's way more powerful. Yeah. Way yeah. more truth filled. Yeah. Way more mm. accurate than I can make it sound. Yeah. And I was thinking just yeah, I don't know what your thoughts on that where I'm sort of just yeah. processing whilst you're talking <laughs> yeah no no certainly I'd agree with that I think that's been one of our goals like one of our visions is making the bible the attraction for why mm. youth are coming wow. on a Sunday is actually they want to hear more of God's word you know they're not just coming to the bible study to see their friends and everything like that actually mm. the main reason for coming is they want to get to know the word and I don't dumb anything down I don't I, I yeah. just speak from the word explain the stuff in it and then we have some small groups where they can then mm-hmm. talk about it. And again, we don't structure it. We don't put, oh, you need to get through all these questions. And that, one of the things I was going to say, this came from a youth forum that we done. So we just got our youth together and we just said, tell me what you like about youth ministry. Tell me what you don't like. What do mm-hmm. you want to change? We gave them that opportunity that when I first went into Mungo's to just share where they're at. And most of the things we're now doing has come from those youth forums because yeah. you were listening to the young people and what well, they want. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they said was, about you know our bible studies and everything like that they just felt ah well we always know jesus is the answer so what's the point in answering (laughs) you know you have 10 questions that you're going to go through in your small groups question four jesus jesus oh that one's a father you know (laughs) you know (laughs) actually what they're wanting is to discuss where they're at it comes back to that discipleship of they want to talk about real issues to them and so we just make completely open what did you get from his talk have you got any questions following it doesn't Mm. matter if you go off on a tangent you mm-hmm. go where the young people are and we're yeah. seeing then young people engaging massively and coming on a Sunday, you know, willing to just share openly and honestly. Mm-hmm. And that came mm-hmm. from listening to them, listening to what they wanted. They didn't want to be treated like kids. They wanted to be treated like adults because actually mm-hmm. their teenage minds, they're already away with some of the concepts, yeah, you know, that's true. like they're a lot further ahead than we give them credit for. So yeah, yeah listening mm-hmm. to the young people, I think that's a key thing. And then just being willing to to speak straight from the word and not mm. not have to as you say not try and make it attractional yeah. but let the word do the talking for itself so mm. Mm. i guess it's giving them ownership as well yeah. they're like yeah this is like this is for you mm-hmm. and one of the comments we had before in like a i guess it was kind of like a discussion group kind of thing is and um but we tried to make it more fun this mm-hmm. one week fun in air quotes um <laughs> and one of the comments from one of the like 13 year olds was like yeah I had a good time but like I didn't learn anything like I wanted to like look at the bible I wanted to talk about Jesus mm-hmm. and we just played games mm-hmm. and this is like a 12 13 year old boy who mm-hmm. stereotypically loves to play games mm-hmm. but um, they were actually like no I just I just want to talk like mm-hmm. I want to have that opportunity to like ask the questions I have to talk about Jesus yeah. and when he said that I was literally like oh weight on my chest of like we didn't like he wanted to talk about Jesus, but yeah. instead he played pool for an hour or yeah, something. Yeah. Like they have those questions. They just want the space. Yeah, yeah. Like in school, they spend what, six hours a day in school and teachers just talk at them. 
because yeah. that's the teacher's job is yeah. to yeah. talk at them yes. and then maybe even at home the parents just talk at them yeah. not every parent but some parents yeah, yeah. when do they have an opportunity to just sit in a space in an open space where we can mm. say what questions do you have what mm-hmm. do you want to talk about mm-hmm. and they can just talk and share yeah. and discuss mm-hmm. they want to trust you when yeah. it's in that as well when you're creating that environment um interestingly in lockdown we we started off trying on zoom trying to make it fun engaging doing i think like every youth club doing bring me a hundred times you know all, was, all these kind I of i did use johnny's kind of games, games a few yeah. times didn't I, johnny? johnny was <laughs> you, like the you, master of zoom <laughs> games you were johnny but, but this was but, you know we had a lot of fun for six months yeah. mm. and then eventually what i started to notice was our young people weren't coming on for the first hour where we were doing the fun part they were just logging in at half past eight for the bible part mm. so i just asked them are you even wanting games and that? And I'm like, nah, it's just rubbish, you know? Like, it was fun at first, but then once they were back meeting in person mm. with people, they didn't want that. And so we just then started to have worship, done a thing called the hot seat where you got the young people praying for each other, mm. and then we had the word. That was our Zoom mm. lessons. So it wasn't any games, wasn't any fun and inverted comma parts to it. Mm. Because actually, that's not what they were looking for. They weren't looking mm. for the fake fun, the created fun. They were just actually wanting to get into mm. God's word and that to them was enjoyable. And so we saw great engagement continue throughout our Zoom period because that's where the young people were at. Mm. We were actually treating them seriously and going, not trying to, oh yeah, we're, we've done these fun games for years, you know, to tick a box. Yeah. yeah. Listen to them, see where they're at. And mm. I think what we'll find is, and not in every case, but mm. in the majority of cases, they want to go deeper. They yeah. want to, mm. to know more about God, know more about this faith, because that's where they're in their faith formation phase. So. Mm. And I, I sometimes I sometimes think they can get fun elsewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, me, you, and Amelia, we can't be as fun as an Xbox at home. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if they wanted mm-hmm. to be at home playing that, we can't mm-hmm. be as fun as that. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. about community and friendship, realness. I, I was reading, oh, reading another day. <laughs> you're intellectual, we get it. <laughs> yeah, I know, you're giving Regents like, a good name of how it's got you. Yeah, I like books, reading, guys, you know? okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, but it was really challenged me in terms of, it was saying, you know, what we bring people in with is what we have to do to keep them there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and even mm-hmm. from a church point of view, I was thinking, wow, is, yeah. is Jesus what's bringing people in? Yeah. Because Jesus then is the only one that can keep yeah. them there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's fun, if it's games, if it's a great preacher, if it's, you know, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. that that's the thing that we've got to keep up then, mm-hmm. if that's how we're getting people in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if it's just friendship and realness and, mm-hmm. and Jesus, then that's the thing that we know God will do to yeah. keep them there. Yeah. And I was just thinking in terms of our own passion, I think, which can sometimes be a challenge as a leader, is we need to be passionate about Jesus yeah. Yeah. to expect the kids to be passionate about Jesus. Absolutely. So, like, yeah. as a leader, number one is... Getting you know, getting your Bible and fall in love with Jesus yeah. more, yeah. because then we'll want to talk about Jesus more, yeah. or we'll be more keen for a Bible study, and we'll trust God more mm-hmm. to do it, and and all these things we've talked about today would probably be a bit more natural. Yeah, just the more time we spend with Jesus. That's it. I'm just so challenged by that in my own you know yeah. church leadership or youth leadership or in our jobs now. I was thinking, well, actually, am I in love with Jesus? To because people aren't going to be attracted, you know, <laughs> to something that you're not even bothered mm-hmm. about. No, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing is you know at Mungo's and our youth funds one of our core values, mm. but fun doesn't just relate. Yes, you know there is time for playing a game of pool with a young person yeah. or playing the PlayStation or these kind of things. There is time for that, but that's not what the core of the fun is. The fun is actually just saying, "Hey, come along, mm. learn about Jesus in a safe, 
enjoyable environment, you know. Yeah. And what we want to do is leave them not going away going, oh, I love that game of pool tonight. But it's, I loved what Jesus done tonight. Mm-hmm. One of our success stories, I guess, we'd say at Mungo's recently was we had this girl come in who's not from any Christian background at all. And her first night she came on was the first night I tried a spiritual thing on her Friday night youth mm-hmm. by doing prayer stations. Mm-hmm. Now, was she comfortable with that? Probably not. You know, she made it very clear to me at the beginning. She's like, do I need to be a Christian to, to do this? I was like, no, you can just safely explore, yeah. go around, you know, and try. Fast forward four months, she's been coming on a Friday night to our youth club stuff, but we've been gradually putting more spiritual stuff in. We just had an encounter night on Friday that she came to and gave her life to God. Mm. She came in, I mean, this is a broken girl, but she came Mm. in completely unaware of faith and everything, but gradually has now got to this point where she heard, it was Kyle's talk actually on Friday night, and she was like, I think I might need to give this Jesus a try. (laughs) And so it just just shows the impact of fun can be in the spiritual stuff because that's where the goodness Mm. is, you know, God's good, you know, Holy Spirit's good and... And that's where we can get enjoyment for our young people mm. if we just take the time, take risks. Don't be willing to go. Uh, be willing to go. Uh, I'm not sure how this is going to go, but yeah. God, yeah. I trust you. So let's go with it. You know. Mm. So. Yeah, because Jesus, Jesus was fun. Was. Do you know what I mean? As if laughter, like if we have a characteristic, yeah, Jesus has it in abundance. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, he must have mm. been the funnest like yeah. person to be with. So. Yeah. You know, maybe we're not advocating sitting in a circle for two hours. You know, <laughs> we're not saying boring, are we? No, actually, absolutely. I'm thinking when you think about Acts, you think about Paul and it says with the word and with the power of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And actually it's, mm-hmm. it's saying, this is what we know about God. Mm-hmm. And here it is. Let's demonstrate, mm-hmm. let's demonstrate it. And I'm really challenged by that actually because yes, like, kids want to see real. And if mm. you see, you know, someone maybe healed or someone meet with Jesus in a powerful way, then mm-hmm. actually that, that's the best mm-hmm. introduction you could give someone to, to, to Jesus. And hopefully, as you said, Johnny, keep them in, yeah. keep them engaged, keep them wanting to come back for more. Mm. yeah yeah because jesus is attractive mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's his nature like he draws mm-hmm. us in and like we don't have to do that for him no. we just kind of have mm-hmm. to provide the space mm-hmm. and in a way that kind of takes the pressure off us yeah. as mm-hmm. leaders because we just provide the space for them to come and jesus draws them in yeah yeah and it's not like who are we to say that jesus is boring mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we we are the ones that are like oh they won't want to come to that that'd be mm-hmm. too boring yeah when actually, no, mm-hmm. Jesus is attractive. Jesus mm-hmm. makes people want to know him more. Mm-hmm. And who are we to block that? Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, and that's what you were saying earlier, Amelia, mm-hmm. about yeah. who are we to say how God wants to meet with them yeah, or in absolutely. what talk or yeah. you know, who are we to mm-hmm. limit their interactions mm-hmm. with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. It's powerful stuff. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And it is fun. It's not easy, but it is fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, true, yeah. 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 That's the, the challenge is, yeah, allowing God to do it. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so to kind of round out this episode, what is one piece of advice you would give to youth leaders, Johnny? I think be willing to take risks on stuff God's said to you. I think mm. the latest project was a big risk for us. We didn't know how it would go. We weren't sure if the church would buy into it. We weren't, mm. and you know, there was difficulties, absolutely. But the risk we took is seeing great rewards. And I think just be willing to take risks. If God's speaking to you about stuff, listen, I guess two bits of advice, take risks, but listen to other people. Mm. You know, the idea came from someone who wasn't a pastor, wasn't an elder. It was just someone in the congregation. What are your congregation saying? What are your young people saying? Listen to them and then take risks in in launching stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, step out in faith. 
yeah. <laughs> which is always tough. Faith is a massive thing. It yeah. is tough, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's really good. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Johnny, it was far for you to come for a podcast. To come I know. All the, way for, all the way from Glasgow and Edinburgh. <laughs> totally worth it. Totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you for giving us your time. Thank you for all your uh, your wisdom, nuggets of wisdom. You'll have to come on maybe and let us know how Lighthouse Project is going. Yeah, we will do. Absolutely. We'd love to come back. Love it. For Bye. series two. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Young Faith Matters team. If you want to find out more about what we're up to, you can head to the Diocese of Llandaff website and find us under Education and Young People. Or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook under Young Faith Matters. If you'd like to chat further about anything you've heard on this podcast today, you can email us at theitsnoteasypod at gmail.com. That's the it's not easy pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you so we can chat further about anything to do with youth discipleship. <laughs>